0: Welcome to another Inside UC Baseball Podcast. My name is Michael Ader and joining me today is pitching coach Anthony Zona.
1: Michael, thank you for having me.
0: Of course, thank you for coming. So to start off, you played here a couple years ago, so obviously you know a lot about the development of this program. How important is player development to the success of this program now and how important has that been in the past?
1: Um, Yeah, player development for us is is pretty big and uh, you know that's a buzzword that's kind of used nowadays. Um, And for us, we really just try to keep it short and simple. It's, you know, find guys with the skill sets that we want to have in our program, and then once we get them them into our program, fine-tune them the way we need them uh, to fit our offense and to fit our defense and to fit our pitching staff um, so we can be as successful as we can be. Uh, Now, there's some more deeper elements to that, but, I mean, you know, from our player development strategies from the top down, that's kind of our theory on how we like to go about it.
0: Definitely. So being a um – D two program, albeit a really good one, how does that how do you convince some players that say they're on the line of where they want to go D two or D one? How do you convince them that D one isn't always the best option and that a really D, good D two program like this could suit them better?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of the success from getting guys that are fringe division one, fringe division two guys, uh, most of the time they end up on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's maybe a connection that's made before that but uh, for the most time uh, those guys will reach contact uh, with our recruiting coordinator um, or they'll reach out to our head coach reach out to me and make contact and then that's kind of how we'll get the ball rolling a little bit but typically um, what that stems from is in their recruiting process with those Division One schools um, we, we deal with guys that are you know competing for a couple of those last roster spots maybe it's preferred walk-ons or financially they couldn't make it happen um, and at our level, they have the opportunity to be an impact guy, so we're able to um, spend a little bit more on guys like that. Um, so that's how we deal with it from an operations standpoint um, when it comes to, it comes down to evaluating the high-caliber talent. Um, but getting those guys in our program is huge. Um, there's just a lot of work that goes into it because not everybody, like you were talking about before, uh, wakes up in the morning and dreams of playing Division Two baseball, right? They yeah. probably dream of playing Division One baseball, and I think the, the biggest thing that our staff has a lot of conversations about, um, especially with recruits, is to not get so bent out of shape when players hold out in the recruiting process and try to see all those other options on the table. Um, you know, I, I think it's really important for us to have perspective that, you know, those guys, in their minds, they're getting one crack at their college recruiting process um, and they're gonna try to do whatever's best for them. Like, they don't owe us anything, right? So um, for us to sit there and be bent out of shape if, if they're holding out for D1 dreams, I think the best thing we can do is um, try to put all of our cards out on the table and show them what we have to offer and and how well they would fit into our organization. And then kind of let the chips fall from there.
0: Mm -hmm. So being that you played for UC and are now a coach, obviously you have kind of a unique viewpoint on player development. How has your viewpoint changed from being a part of the program, having the coaches telling you how you're going to develop? To now being a coach and trying to stress with the guys that this is the right plan for them.
1: Sure. Well, uh, when I, when I was in the program as a player, it was a lot of just trying to figure out how to win baseball games, right? Mm-hmm. So not, not to say that we haven't figured out whatsoever. Um, it just now comes at the expense of we're able to put the team stuff to bed a little bit earlier mm-hmm. um, because guys have been in the program a lot longer. They understand what's expected of them, and then we can work on fine tuning some of those development strategies. Um, so for me. I think it's fun to have to deal with guys uh, from the development side, just because uh, you know everyone's different. So you got to really try to do your homework and kind of figure out what works best for each guy. Um, is it a guy who was the best player on his high school team, who he's never really dealt with failure before? So we have to count for that in the development process we give them. Um, is it a guy that is just happy to have the opportunity to be here? He's going to work his tail off to try to make an impact in the organization, and he'll do whatever's asked of him. Um, you know, we can put those things. kind of in his development plan because we know the results that we're going to try to get from them uh, psychologically. So I think it's important to do homework on the type of guys you have first um, instead of just putting a blanket over everybody and saying hey this is what we're doing Hmm. Um, because you might not get the same reaction out of different guys.
0: Yeah. So going off um, back how you used to play here, how has the the kind of the program evolved in player development from the first year you got here as a player to now um, this year?
1: Sure. Uh, well, the, the development was really, like I said before, trying to just win baseball games. But uh, even as early as last year, I think you, you saw the, the technologies like the Rapsodo hitting, pitching, and blast motions. Um, last year was kind of the cavemen around the fire for the first time deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think our program is in a, a really great situation with Alec Porterfield, our director of player development, who's worked with multiple professional organizations and used these technologies Um, And he was there to kind of help ease the transition a little bit for our our coaching staff, which was awesome. Um, You know, some other coaching staffs and and teams don't get that opportunity. Um, So that that was really important to have that. Uh, But I think now year one was really kind of just collecting the metrics and seeing what guys are. Now Mm -hmm. in year two, we're able to do a little bit more of a deep dive and figure out now that we've seen their patterns over the last three, six, eight month periods, um, of what direction we can kind of start moving in with their um, designing of their plans.
0: So you touched on these new technologies, what are some of these technologies you're talking about and can you give like a kind of brief description to those who aren't really too familiar with them?
1: Sure, so the the first would be the Rapsodo hitting mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it's a really neat tool and it, it tracks pretty much everything after contact. So uh, from the hitting side of things. We have all of our hitters equipped with blast motion sensors as well, so mm-hmm. essentially essentially we have the whole swing mapped out which is really cool, so blast motion does everything before contact and then rapsodo hitting does everything after contact. So okay. guys have a lot of stuff that they can refer back to and kind of see the patterns that they have throughout the course of the fall, throughout the course of the spring, um, which is really neat. From the pitching side of things, the pitching was a little bit easier to interject into our fall last year because... Guys are able to throw on it. The metrics are a little bit easier to, to decipher, and um, the, the hitting part of it was a little bit difficult because there was two technologies being used um, versus the pitching. It was just we had pitching soto and once we got everybody on the same page with understanding you know, what stuff meant and how we can use that to our uh, advantage, um, it was a little bit more easier than, than the hitters had. So that was, yeah. that was nice.
0: Definitely. So the is there any, obviously, player development is going to differ from, person person Some people are going to take it and run with it. Others are going to be a little more slow to progress. Is there any players that you can pinpoint in particular that have really kind of gone leaps and bounds from when they came here to now in terms of player development?
1: Uh, yeah, I think the from the pitching side, the easy ones I can point to is um, Seth Nightingale, um, Jordan Peck, Hunter Townsend. Um, these are guys who uh, they'll, tell, they'll be the first ones to tell you they came into the program with uh, very average stuff, um, extremely hard workers, all three of them, um, so that's great. Um, but I think they're they're all on board with the fact that they came in here knowing that there was a lot left on the table for them, mm-hmm. and I think the environment that we were able to provide them with here um, and the ability to work together with each other um, was kind of something that worked well for them in the long run because mm-hmm. um, when they got in here, they understood that, hey, I'm going to have to do something out of the ordinary if I want to achieve the results that I want to get. Um, so those are guys that really took the, the bull by the horns a little bit in the development process, invested in themselves physically, invested in themselves from the skill side um, with going to different multiple um, training facilities across the country. Um, so those are guys that really, really took um, the development portion here that we provided uh, to the fullest. And, and I'm excited that those guys are now kind of uh, seeing the success on on the front or on the back end, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, so that that's really nice for our organization.
0: Mm-hmm. So with those guys and some of the other guys, obviously player development has to do with more like physical and technique. What is the, how do you kind of play in between the right middle point between getting them physically evolved and then evolving their technique?
1: Um, yeah, so you know, the biggest thing is building a bigger motor, right? So mm-hmm. um, the, the commonality between Seth, um, Jordan, and Hunter is that when they came in here, um, they're drastically stronger than they were when they first got here, right so that's the the first thing mm-hmm. um, and then the second would probably be movement quality. Um, Seth is probably the the most efficient mover out of all of them, and you know everyone will be the one to tell you that too. Um, but I think Jordan and Hunter um, evolved over the last two years to really find out how they can move their bodies better as well mm-hmm. um, and and that was a huge part of their development process too is is the way they were moving their bodies and now they're starting to repeat it a little bit more, and um, I think it's it's showing out there on the ball field too, so it's exciting.
0: Definitely. So to end things off, how can, obviously, the um, way player development is going right now is very well. It's really helping guys. But how do you guys look to progress that into the future, and what are some ways that you can kind of improve upon the program in terms of player development?
1: Yeah, so uh, especially from the coaching aspect, uh, you know, making sure we're – expanding on our network um, with college coaches and and player developers uh, across the world Mm -hmm. um, and and trying to gather as much information as we can um, and and trying to keep continuously learning uh, these new development philosophies that keep emerging um, and just stay in tune with them, right? We don't have to interject everything in front of our players, um, but just to be able to have an idea and speak the language a little bit on some of the stuff that that comes out there in the game, I think it's going to be really important for us to figure out what will work best for our organization, right? So um, our organization might not be ready at this moment in time for an edgertronic camera uh, to slow things down for our pictures on video. Um, it might be here in the future, maybe in a year or so, um, but for right now, um, you know, there's other things that we can focus on that I think are gonna be able, be able to help us in the short term. Um, so it's just kind of gauging, like, what does our organ- organization need the most, mm-hmm. exploit that, But still, kind of see into the future a little bit about wow, that's the next step that we need to go for our development, and and also make make sure that it's achievable too. So the last thing you want to do is have all these big dreams um, of the things you want to do, and then at the end of the year, you're like, wow, we didn't we didn't even get to any of that, right? We we talked about doing all this great stuff and didn't even get the chance to do it. So trying to be really uh, trying to have high execution with the things that we implement uh, is something that our staff believes uh, deeply in
0: definitely so you touched on that kind of not getting ahead of yourself with all this like new technology and all these new statistics or statistics how do you make sure that you don't kind of overcomplify or over um complex things and kind of keep it to the end of the day it's just baseball how do you kind of play in between those
1: sure um well and that's the way that we we tell our players all the time like the world rewards results Mm -hmm. Um, that was kind of the big mantra of our, our team last year um and you know jobs are won and they go to the people that produce, right? So I think that's something that you have to just understand, mm-hmm. um, but at, at the same time you have to realize like there's periods of growth throughout the year um, and there's times that you can set your sights on uh, phases of development and things that you need to work on to help create those results that help create our team win baseball games, mm-hmm. right? So it's there's a lot of layers to the cake. Um, you just gotta try to figure out what's the right time to do those kind of things. Um, and unfortunately with baseball in college, you know, we played her in the spring, we played her in the fall a little bit. But you got the summer and winter to really try to dive into some things that you might not be able to do in the phase where you're trying to win a job in the fall mm-hmm. or you're trying to compete and, and win baseball games in the spring. So I'm just being really intelligent with what time of year it is and, uh, and the goals that you have for yourself and how those align with the organization. Um, the one thing that I really like a lot with uh, Robbie Britt, uh, since he's gotten here, is he talks about having full alignment. And full alignment from our organization, you know, is everything from the, uh, the board to the president all the way down to, you know, the, the bottom man on the on the totem pole. So I think that, you know, having him have that perspective for our staff and how our university should run, it makes it really clear cut with how our organization sh- should run too. So, um, from the top down in our organization, guys have to have alignment with what our goal is. Um, so especially if you're a guy that's going to try something different. Um, We're certainly open to that, but you got to make sure that it it ultimately will lead up to you um, helping our team win baseball games and um, and keep improving our student-athlete experience as well.
0: Definitely. So before we leave here, is there anything going on with the program that we would like to promote or kind of talk about before end off?
1: Yeah, um, so October 25th um, is the homecoming weekend uh, for the university. Um, The baseball program, after our president... Marty Roth is getting his inauguration ceremony done um, I think from 3 o'clock to 530 Um, and then after that we're gonna play uh, kind of our Fall World Series game from uh, 630 to 9 o'clock at night and we're gonna have kind of a a cookout style uh, theme for the night so there'll be food there, uh, drinks for everybody and um, it's just gonna be a good welcoming back for those that are coming that are alumni, those that are big supporters of the program Uh, So if you're out there in the Charleston area or you're out there um, in the world somewhere and you have the availability to come come to that event on that Friday night, um, there'll be a football game the next day as well. But we really wanted to kind of kick it off um, with having that baseball game on Friday night on October 25th um, just as a gathering for everybody coming back on campus for the weekend. So um, we'd love to get as many people out there as we can. Uh, So if, if you need more information, follow us on social media. Um, We'll be posting stuff about that here um, as we get closer to the event. But uh, we're really excited to have a lot of our alumni back um, and and just get everybody back together before uh, the winter comes. It starts Mm -hmm. getting cold out, right? Definitely.
0: Well, thank you, Zona, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, We'd also like to thank everybody listening. We appreciate all your support, and we hope to see you next time on the next Inside UC Baseball podcast.